Hi, my name is Shiva. And I'm Jazz. And we, and we are, are Two Girls, Girls One Crime Podcast. Where we give you the facts, the theories, and the tea. Hello, true crimeies, and welcome back to Two Girls, One Crime Podcast. So today, we're going to be talking about a special serial killer. He's like the daddy of all serial killers. Yeah. Um, just to give him an introduction, if you guys have watched Silence of the Lambs, which is one of my favorite movies, um, Buffalo Bill was inspired by him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is another great series of movies. Love it. Um, Leatherface is based off of him. And let me mention on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the newest one that came out was actually really good. It was the be- I feel like it was the best one. Like the one with Trey Songz in it? Yes. With the storyline was really good. But anyways, and then Norman Bates, which Psycho is based off of this person as well. And also Bates Motel, that show was awesome. So we are talking about Ed Gein mm-hmm. today. Um, and he was born Edward Theodore Gein on August the 27th, 1906. He was the um, youngest of two. Um, his older brother was Henry. Um, just a little background about his childhood. His dad was an alcoholic who was abusive physically. His mother was a Jesus freak. Who, Something was wrong with yeah, schizophrenic-ish. Who was verbally abusive. Um, he died on July the 26th at the age of 77 in Madison, Wisconsin, in a psych ward. And just to jump into his situation, he was obsessed with his mother, mm-hmm. which he's never spoke about, but his actions since being a child um, and his crimes showed that. And we'll get into like certain things. So I have like a little timeline of things that led up to him being who he is. Um, another just background, he only killed two people. Right, but he's more so known for dismembering people, grave digging, a form of necrophilia, um, making a belt out of titties. Like he, he was very. <laughs> he did. I'm like, sorry, that's not funny, but that he is was funny. He was very. He was doing that. Um, right, and so we'll go. We'll just get going like the basics of his crimes. And then more so, this is going to be, because this is a sensationalized killer, people know who he is. We don't want to really too much focus on, like, the facts, because you guys know the facts. We'll give, you, we'll give you a little synopsis, of course, but this is more so theory and tea. More so theory, because I feel like this is a very good psychological case to talk about. So, um, some more background. Up to 13 people, possibly, he has something to do with their deaths. He possibly has something to do with his brother's death. His brother mysteriously... Um, and this was when they were in their 30s. His brother started to realize that his bro- his younger brother, Ed, was obsessed with their mother. And it became a little... It was weird to him. Mm. Months later, he mysteriously died in a fire. Yet, autopsy shows he was not harmed by the fire. Right. Yet, he had bruises on his skull. Wow. But the coroner labeled his death as um, asphy- asphyxiation. Right. So, so, so uh, smothering. Right. But Ed was so liked in the neighborhood. They lived in a real small area in Plainfield, Wisconsin, that nobody thought it was foul play. So that happened. And then his mother died, I think, the year 
or so later after the um the brother died and when his mom died that's when all of his extreme behavior began okay so like i said before he killed two people he killed miss bernice warder um he was 51 when he did that so his first actual confirmed kill he was 51 so that's already outside of the scope of like serial killers right and he also killed another lady cannot think of her oh mary hogan mm-hmm. um he killed her the year his the year his brother died because she went she went missing in 1954 mm-hmm. um they don't know how he killed her they just found her head in his house oh wow mm-hmm. and miss bernice if you google his name you'll see the picture of her she's basically hung upside down naked head is off and she's cut from her anus down her throat like a pig and she was gutted oh my god lord have mercy yeah so lord have mercy that's that um like i mentioned he rate he so his crimes are basically murder robbing graves collecting body parts he made clothing and household items and furniture and mask out of human remains and skin i think he had like a chair made out of human bones he had a like Leatherface, he had a mask made out of skin. He had a his hair that wasn't his hair. He had boobs on a belt. He had chest, <laughs> like he had lips in a different in a container. He had genitalia in a different container. Like he really was on some other shit. Wow. Um, let's see what some other what some other facts. Oh, so he pled not guilty by reason of insanity, mm-hmm. which we'll get into that because I don't think necessarily that's a lie. I feel like something really was wrong with him. Right. Um, and he was confined to um, psych hospitals, of course, because he was seen he was he was seen unfit for trial, so he didn't go to trial. I can see but then that. in 1968, he was put on trial, which only lasted one week. What? Damn! Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And so between him getting arrested and then him being put on trial was 11 year gap. So, but those 11 years he was in a psych ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was only tried for one of the murders but again was deemed insane and then he he was later found not guilty by reason of insanity and was acquitted of all ch- murder charges but just was sentenced to be in a psych ward the rest of his life wow and in that psych ward everybody said he was the best patient he was pleasant didn't bother anybody kept to himself which we'll get into that later because I, I think he definitely had some type of something but we'll get into like the psychs about him earlier or later and yeah like those are pretty much like the basics of you know what's going on and then like the tie into buffalo bill buffalo bill was the cross dresser who was a murderer um and he kept body parts too leatherface we all know who that is and the norman right. bates that's the obsession with his mother and the keeping her body which is what he did i think like after a year and a half um, almost two years after his mom died he dug her grave up right um, the top floor of there, he lived in the basement because he didn't want, he left the entire house spotless and boarded up the rooms because he wanted to keep like a shrine of his mother. Oh my God. So he lived in the basement. When he dug her body up, she was found in the room where he tried to preserve her. But I, I mean, let's go back to the insanity <laughs> piece. No, for real. Cause I'm just trying to process all this. Yeah. Ed, Ed, Gain, Ed Gain is not one of my faves. I wish when Jazz sent me this, I thought she was talking about Ed Kemper because mm-hmm. like he's my he's like one of my top faves. So and I like I've kind of been discombobulated like just in general because this week has been stressful. But let's talk about the insanity piece. Mm-hmm. 
how are courts determining who's insane and who isn't? Is it just psychology? Like, is it, it's because it, I don't think it's based on people's actions. Because at the end of the day, someone could be perfectly sane and do all this stuff. Yeah, I definitely think something's wrong with him. Um, he went through psychiatric evaluations for a month mm-hmm. by several different psychologists, I guess, and they all said that he has some form of schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. He was a sexual psychopath, and he had extreme delusional thinking. And he and then him himself, because he wasn't really a talker, but he did. And this is something else I thought was very strange, and that just proved that something was wrong with him. When he was arrested. He told them that he did kill two people. Mm-hmm. So all of the remains was like, I didn't kill none of those people. But he said he, would, he wouldn't talk to them until they gave him a piece of apple pie with cheddar cheese melted on top of it. That's a thing. That's a, that's a Midwestern thing. Oh, okay. Was, <laughs> that was, no, that's actually like a thing. Ain't, uh, that the, ain't it crazy how we think that that's the craziest that, thing? That, that was very R word, and I didn't want to, you know. No, yeah, that's that's actually um, that's actually a Midwestern thing to eat a piece of cheese on the top of your apple pie. I think it's it sounds gross. I've disgusting. never tried it, and I'm not interested. Yeah. So once they once they gave him that, then he spilled the tea on everything. Um, how so? I think that what I'm trying to come to like come to kind of like grips with is just like. The psychological um, system mm-hmm. and how is it that they determine that something is wrong with him, but yet a serial killer who maybe is more social, they just get deemed a psychopath and then they go on trial. So is it like is the is it the sociability piece that's the, that that they, they yeah, use to determine that? Probably because he wasn't social at all. Um, which let's just get into his mom because I wholeheartedly believe his mom being a Jesus freak and everything else and being verbally abusive was directly the reason why he was the way he was because she moved them because he was he was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin uh-huh. which was more of like a city town uh-huh. they moved to Plain um, Plainfield, Wisconsin which is like a farm town where you like miles away from your neighbors mm-hmm. um, and it was reported that she would beat him or he would get in trouble if he made friends at school. I read that. So she conditioned him to be isolated and to be like a socially awkward God-fearing, I use air quotes person. Mm-hmm. And this is also something I found. I think this is when the sexual deviant part kind of connected. Because his mom caught him at age, what was it? At age 12, masturbating in the tub. Mm-hmm. And she grabbed his genitalia and said, this is the man's curse. And I think that's... <laughs> what was wrong with him? <laughs> and I think that's... I would do that to a dude. I think that's right <laughs> when, like, he probably, like, probably started being obsessed with her. Because, like... She touched him, but uh, in the moment of him like masturbating. The human psyche is too fragile for me. The hum- the human brain. People come up from this a computer, bro. This shit ain't no fucking computer. Computers don't break down this easy. That part. And then at age seven, he witnessed his parents slaughtering a pig in front of him, and it's reported that he ejaculated while that happened. So do you think that sexual? <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying. I'm trying to say. So his. So it's like. So it's like, did his parents awaken this part of him, or did they create this? No, I don't. But the, but then, but you're having a nature versus nurture conversation. That, yeah. That at the bottom of it, at the end, at the base of it, you're saying what was it? Was it his nature, or did they create that? At the end of the day, I think that there are hundreds, thousands of people on this planet who have watched a, watched a pig get slaughtered at Absolutely. four, five. Absolutely. Some people even did it themselves at that age. Right. And they're able to have sex with women. They're able to. Oh, yeah, he was a virgin, by the way, you guys. 
Ooh, child. So I don't think that that is what it is. I think because from when I was looking up on his the just the characteristics of his mother, she had narcissistic borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Where she had both, mm-hmm. and she had like delusions and stuff mm-hmm. like that, persecution. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was schizophrenic. Um, I think that he was he was a sexual psychopath before she ever touched him. Because mm-hmm. if you're masturbating at someone dying, well, no, or you're masturbating at a pig dying. And seven, when you don't even know, you don't even understand the conception of death or sex. So that means that's your nature. Yeah, like you were aroused by that. That's that's. And then your mom grabbing you while you're masturbating in the tub. But I, but I think too. Just I remember reading about him when I was doing research on Psycho. It was rumored that he they had sexual relations with each other. Yeah, there wasn't any fact to it because he said he's never had sex with a woman before when he was at questioned by cops he was like he's never had sex with a woman he's never had sex with like a, a, a corpse he just would like jack off so he's probably jacked off to his mother or something oh absolutely before. absolutely absolutely incest is something that grinds my ears i don't like i don't like looking into incest i think it's really gross and maybe that's just like my super that's a cultural thing for us to think it's gross because it's those are a lot of people who don't think it's gross. And that's what I'm saying. I think that's the part of me that's... Because I like to think that high vibes... We're not high vibes. I like to think higher consciousness is the ability to see something objectively without being invested in it mm-hmm. and without making judgment. So I can honestly say psychologically, that's where my understanding kind of stops mm-hmm. with the incest stuff because I just don't... I don't understand it and I don't have I don't have the um, desire to understand it. Absolutely not. I do know in my... Um, sociology of violence class last semester mm-hmm. we did touch on incest a little bit as a like a form of violence and they said and it was stats and it was is like, violent yeah this was stats like i think 2012 2010 that stats. wasn't that long ago right and it was stats that said parent parental incest is higher than brother and sister like it's dads and daughters moms absolutely. and sons absolutely that's at a way higher rate than brothers and and to be and honest sisters. and to be honest with you i and don't first cousins and stuff like that I don't think that I don't think a peer no matter no matter if it's your sibling or not I don't think a peer having sex with another peer is as detrimental at to psychologically absolutely not psychologically that's something that you can rationalize mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way for you to psychologically rationalize a, 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 a parent having sex with a child because I think that in the animal kingdom we see that doesn't happen we, right, we see siblings, in the animal kingdom, you'll see a, a sibling or a cousin monkey having sex with each other. Mm-hmm. You will never see mm-hmm. a mother or a father monkey having sex with mm-hmm. their child. you mm-hmm. never see that in animals even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like to do. That's where I like to have my baseline of what nature is. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, human beings, all this consciousness and shit that we built up, that's over millions of years or thousands and of years. And it don't mean nothing if shit like this is happening. It really... Because... To me, all that means is that um, human consciousness is very fragile, mm-hmm. and a lot of our life and our actions are very much so dictated by it's our situational. Situational, and I think it's dictated by our animalistic desires that we can't mm-hmm. control. Because I, yeah, I don't have any animalistic desires. I'm cool. Um, I don't even like watching animals have sex. I, I mean, who? That's we're not getting into yeah. that. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I don't care. I'm not even going to go down that road. Yeah, because there are people that's into it. There are people who are into everything. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I think I want to find that Zen, that Zen Buddhist quote because I've, I've bought it. I've been, it's been in my mind a lot now recently. Or not Zen, but Dao. There's like a Taoism quote mm-hmm. where it talks about like 
things being taboo is what creates, because I talked about last episode, but things being taboo is what creates kind of the human consciousness around wanting to do it. Right, and I think things are only taboo because culturally it's not... Because let's, 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 let's be 100% honest and real here. People have been sleeping with, with children, children animals, and dead people since the beginning of time. I just think when, when stuff like, when cases like this happen, that's when it becomes a taboo. It's like, I can't believe you. No, why can't you? Yeah, because people in his town was like so shocked because he was nice. And one, as a weird fact, he was a babysitter for most of the Like, he had weird jobs. He was like a carpenter or he was a babysitter. So, like, he was cool. And I, I, I seriously doubt he was interested in children. Right, he wasn't. <laughs> there was one little girl that was found missing around the time all this was happening, but they was never able to trace him. I, I don't. That don't fit his yeah. mo. Yeah, he likes dead. He don't yeah. want alive. And he had a an average IQ. He wasn't dumb or he wasn't super smart. He had a very his IQ was one hundred six, which was very just normal. That's very average. Um, and he said that he liked being a babysitter because he, he could relate to kids. First of all, he dropped out of school in eighth grade. There's so much to unpack here, Jazz. And he was allowed to do that by his mother, obviously. Well, I think that was normal back then, though. Back yeah. in that time, that was normal. Yeah. So he he doesn't he doesn't have the but he was an avid reader, which I thought was awesome because it's like I'm not gonna get into that, but yeah, he just has a very interesting background. And then I feel like his mom hated men because she like despised their father, but never divorced them. And if she did it, like, probably later, but she would, like, talk crazy to him in front of the boys and say, he, you know, I don't want to try to be like him. He's going to be worthless. Like, he was, she was one of those type of women. So it makes sense for her to be like, he's jacking off and she grabs his dick and be like, this is a man's curse. I'm going to do that to a man. I think that is so, be, I mean, just trying to be making it a little lighter, I think. <laughs> yeah, because it's dark. I'm going to grab a nigga dick and be like, it's your curse. But <laughs> it, I mean, which is not a lie. She didn't lie when she, she said that. She didn't. She didn't. I just think when you catch your twelve-year-old son doing you that, should, that you should. First of all, why are you catching your twelve-year-old son doing anything? Yeah, he's in a tub. Why are you mind your business? But she probably was. I think there's a lot of missing, very disturbing pieces. Yeah, because because he, he wasn't sexually assaulted. I looked that up. He wasn't sexually assaulted ever in his life. I think she just. I think, but deep dive, deep dive, Tom, deep yeah. dive, Tom, Mama boys. You already see me yes. on the same mama's boys. I think I don't think, and this is specific. I would say to the to the like to the people of color, specifically like West Indian, African, and African American people. I don't think that you mothers understand how much psychological damage you do to a man who has to live in a patriarchal society when you feminize him, mm-hmm. and that's not how he identifies. Now, if you have a little boy who identifies as a feminine person then that's a different thing. Then you need to nurture that in him. Mm-hmm. But when you have a man, a straight male boy, or a cisgender male boy, and you feminize him in a way that's like you wouldn't even treat your own, if you had a daughter, you wouldn't do right, that. Right, right. It becomes incestual. And it's weird because she didn't do that to the, the older brother. The older brother was the one where he noticed how, because he didn't like their mom. The older brother didn't like their mom. Because something was wrong with her. And it's weird how the crazy son and the crazy mom get along but then, she and, didn't do none of this to the older brother he was five years older than her. she could have easily touched on him she did and you see and, and i think it's also ironic that, that, so, sex, that, that so, so wait she did sexually assault him because if you if you're walking on your son masturbating in the tub and you grab him that's, that what, is sexual I, that's assault. what i mean so, I, yeah. I, I do believe, I, I think that they had an inse- a sexual and sexual relationship no matter what he says and i think that he's smart enough and he and he worshiped his mother enough that, that he, he didn't want to talk people, crazy exactly, about it exactly he didn't mm-hmm. want people to know that because mm-hmm. there's no way mm-hmm. you don't 
Mm-hmm. I've never met anyone who even even mama's boys they they don't even they they wouldn't even behave that way. Like I I'm just trying to wrap my mind because it's always the moms. Like let's let's modernize it. A lot of moms have this delusion in their head like they're dating their son, so they don't want their son. Nobody's good enough for their black sons. moms. Yeah, nobody's good enough for their sons. And I feel like she was like that because even if you look about think about her not wanting to have friends like anything that took him away from being around her it was like sinful uh, so that was her excuse and let's talk about how much religion plays into these These, people becoming the way they are because a lot of these serial killers were uh, um, very religious and they came up and and, and one of my questions that I wrote down was um, well not questions one of the points I wanted to hit on hit on was like how important are mothers in, in making serial killers because it seems like they're at the top of the fucking list it seems like every one of but them but you can't say that though why because then oh you're taking accountability off the person but we have to understand there's very few people in this world who are just born monsters there's very few some some kids are little but that's even because their parents are neglectful it's not because because it's, it's very rare you have people who have good parents, like, are genuinely good parents. Who come out and start killing tens of 15 people. Exactly. That, that, it just doesn't, the data, exactly. the data doesn't, and I think this is where, this is where me and psychology, we veer off, because psychologists are full of shit, bro. Yeah, it's no common sense or no accountability. It's just, and it's like, you can't, you cannot apply, there's no such thing as a fucking social science when you're dealing with humans. Human right. beings are not scientific. Right. Our body makeup is scientific. Right. But we have free will and we have consciousness that's shaped by our parents. But that's why psychology has changed so much because there are more women in the field. Because men are very black and white when it comes to psychology. Because mm-hmm. they, I looked at a lot of psychologists, like actual reports on him and it wasn't good the psychoanal the psychoanalytical stuff was very that's all you could think of and then even them saying nobody said he was sexually assaulted but i'm like it's obvious she grabbed him while he was masturbating and told her this is a, that's sexually assaulting him and i'm sure she was watching him when he was bathing because how else does she, how else does she know to walk in right when he was masturbating you i find it odd that this woman who did not let her son out of her out of her sight ever just randomly locked in while he was bathing and caught him masturbating i don't think that's what happened and it had to be some type of soul tie thing because he even at one point telling the cops that he thought, well, he would have visions and he would see stuff. He would see his mom talking to him and how she would tell him that he's doing God's work. And I'm like, and he probably wasn't lying. It probably was some soul tie deep shit. Because back then... Because he, he doesn't fit a schizophrenic, so he's not schizophrenic. And he was very likable. He wasn't super social, but he was very likable. He had people come over. He, he didn't have people come in his house, but he always had people come and greet him outside. He would cook it. He was very, like, people liked him. But I think that's the difference between someone who is a psychopath who's killing people because they enjoy it and mm-hmm. someone who has been abused and their mind is warped in a way that mm-hmm. to where they've compartmentalized this. Yeah, and, and, I, and his mom had to do something because he only, the two women that he killed looked or similar to his mom and around her age. He would look in the obituary section. And find, looking for people? To find people that look like his mom so he could dig, dig up their grave. Bro, he was having sex with his mama. I don't give a fuck what nobody <laughs> say. I don't care what these psychoanalysts say. Back in the fucking 1940s and 50s, they were horrible. They weren't, bro, them people he, were he, he loved his mama, so he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna throw smut on his mama. No, I, and I think that he, I think that he was smart enough to know that he, that he, that he, he didn't want to do that. Because I think that she trained him and she abused him to think everything was his fault. Mm-hmm. So because that's his that's his training and that's the way mm-hmm. his mind works, I think that he completely took her out of a lot of the equation to mm-hmm. where she belongs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's odd that Ed Kemper killed his mama too, 
Egging, you got, I mean, um, Jeffrey Dahmer had a really bad relationship. His mom was like a, like a, a I think was she, because his grandparents raised him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he, his mom was on some shit. He You're just right. didn't know her. He had an abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. But I think, psych, I don't think psychology wants to fix these type of issues because that means it no longer would exist. And it would, it just would be more of a. For re- really, for really crazy people. You're right. That, which it should be anyways. But it's not. Because it, those people who need the help the most. And they're not getting it because they're too focused on these anomalies. These people who can function and still be crazy. Send them to the bro. They okay. They're, I, I think we have... I don't like how mental illness is something... It, mental illness... It's weaponized. It, it not only is it weaponized, but it's just like, for me, what I'm realizing is just like anything that seems weird to human beings is called mental mentally illness. illness. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, that person just... Maybe their life trajectory is different than yours, mm-hmm. and they're not. They don't really care about saving face, and they don't. They don't care about the same stuff we do. But I think it's psychology is so big because of that in America. Because America <sighs> wants everybody to be clones. They want everybody to be robots. They want everybody to be the same. You might have separate. You something wrong with you? Yet yeah, you fuck your like Woody, like Woody Harris or whatever his Woody name. Woody Allen. Is. Who yeah, Woody married Allen. his adopted daughter. And he's still married to her to this day. Bro, that's not mental illness. No, uh, no, that's not mental illness because, because that's socially acceptable. So we learned about this, and that's only because she wasn't white. She Asian, and they oh. adopted that girl from Asia, and, and probably stole her n- more than likely. And and this is the thing. What I realized in anthropology, what I learned is that the the psychological or the the psychology system is informed by society. Mm. So if you have a society that is judgmental and they cast people out who mm-hmm. don't look like them or who don't act like them, mm-hmm. then you're going to have a system that's going to say, okay, well, since these people are cast out, there's something wrong with them. When in all actuality, y'all are never locking up the people who something really wrong with. Right. Or mm-hmm. never helping them. And if you do grab a hold of people who something really wrong with, all you're going to do is you just you fuck up their brain even more. You make them become a vegetable instead yeah. of trying to actually figure out what's, what's wrong, wrong with them and help them. But, you know, my mom said this, and if, and I agree 100%. If the, psycho, if, the psychology, if the psychological system was fixed, white supremacy probably would fail to exist. Of course. I, I think I, they're I think, directly I think, attached. I think it's definitely a way that they keep it up. Absolutely. Because if, you start, if we started to tell people that the way that they feel about themselves is not wrong, you don't have to go out and buy something because you're sad. Or you don't have to go out and rape somebody because you got rejected. If we started telling people that these human issues that have been deemed demonic and have been deemed mentally ill, that they're normal, mm-hmm. then I think... Because obviously they are. If we have all these different cases of the same thing, it has to be... If, if we lived in a country like... Well, Sweden has a lot of spirit attached. They used to. They fit. But that's the thing. is I think countries like Sweden and Switzerland, first of all, that's where Carl Jung is from. And that's, that's the birth of the real psychology to me, spiritual psychology, where you mix the brain and the heart. Mm. Um, but I think in Sweden, they realized it was a social issue. Mm. It was not a person issue. It's society. Something about society is putting pressure on people. Because they have a lot of mass murder um, incidents back in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. I think they realize that society is putting pressure on people that's making them combust. It's mm-hmm. not the people. And then that pressure is the media. and Yes. It, it's school, work. Hell, even podcasts like this. You know, somebody may take... You know, hearing stuff like this, like, oh, if he could do that, I could, you know what I'm saying? Like, people are just so, America is just... Impressionable. <sighs> impressionable to the, impressionable to the, not even to their own fault, but literally to the fault of others. Literally. Americans are so impressionable that they, they become, it's like we almost, 
it's like our impressionability creates narcissism. It creates monsters. And 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 and, and it's like how how is it that like society is informing people to be like this? Religion. What does that say about society? Well, corporate it has religion, and what that's been turned into. My thing is this: I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I don't give a fuck who I offend. Really, I don't care. If you are still following a religion that enslaved millions of people and killed a whole bunch of others before the slave, bro, before the transatlantic slave trade, before they put us on ships named Jesus, they were having crusades mm, for religious purposes. So if you so if you can't see, and I think there's good and bad in everything, of course, but the bad always the good with the religion stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because and mm-hmm. I, and my thing is I meet I meet religious people who are spiritual mm-hmm. and they I think that the reason they're why they're total opposites of the others. I think the reason why we gravitate towards them is because they're spiritual, not so much because they're religious. Yeah, because religion is just because even when you read religious texts, for the most part, it's it's stories to for you to interpret. It's not rule books. I think people misinterpret and preach the wrong thing and make people think like this is a rule book to get to heaven. How you know you ain't never been to heaven. And you probably ain't never gonna go because it doesn't exist. And and then okay, I'm just gonna be honest with you because nobody nobody has went wherever they and came back and said it's it's real. I've heard people say hell is real, and we living in that, so that's yeah, subjective they, also. That is very subjective. But what I find interesting about the psychology of America is it it always wants to kind of base its findings on like mythology, but mythology wasn't necessarily calling mental illness like an illness per se. It was just like. Cause let's be let's keep it a stack. If you read mythology, they all was just it was okay corral. My thing is Zeus had sex with his daughter to create another daughter. So how who how how can any of them tell me? Them are the same people who are the gods of people who had sex with goats. I don't give a fuck what they got to say about life. Oh, and I said that to say that one little psychoanalyst said that which this made sense. That um, Ed had the Oedipus complex, which is basically children's arousal and compl- complex emotions starting at age four, turn- which turns in a sexual desire for their parent of the opposite sex, which is the male concept. The female version of that is the Electra com- complex. Do, but do you, well, I have a question. Why do you think, I think men are more prone to that than women. Are. Absolutely. But why? Is it because a woman will nurture her son in a way that a man will never nurture his daughter? Yeah, and I think moms, because, okay, let's just use a modern thing. Like, a mom would change or something in front of her daughter. Nothing, nothing of it. But I think, I don't know. It's it's weird. Because kind of like you, I don't think a lot of moms are trying to do that. But I think a lot of sons that are like mama's boys, to that extent. They got them complexes. Yeah. And I think that that complex exists on a lesser, on a lesser scale a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot, a like, and I would like to know the reverse of it. Like when you have moms who know girls good enough for their son, that means they're dating their son, right? And the son is dating the mother, whether he know it or not, right? I want to know how many. You know what's crazy? Ooh, these are some deep, deep waters. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know it was this. I didn't know this. This podcast was gonna be the one like that. Yeah, cause he. Yeah. Yeah, these waters a little deep, child. Um, it's the theory episode. I, I just, I just really wonder how many moms are having sex with their sons, or maybe not even so much that, but how many moms are doing this to their sons knowingly, and how many of them are doing it without knowing it, just because it's become a social norm. Right. 
Because mm, it could be the son, it could be the moms and sons, older sisters and little brothers. Because we saw that in R. Kelly, and it's I don't know what causes that though. I don't know what possesses a mom. Like yeah, that's your child, but once my son is not like a baby no more, I'm not trying to look at him naked. I'm not interested. I don't like bro. Kids being naked, something about that unnerves me. Yeah, because, like, I shouldn't be looking. I shouldn't be looking at yeah, you. Yeah, right. So, like, outside of a baby, I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know, because maybe my mind doesn't work like that. I don't have anybody in my family who kind of, like, I have a little cousin who's, like, a mama's boy, but it's not on that level. Because mm-hmm. they don't do, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, my aunt don't get naked around him. Like, we not, I don't know who, do, I don't know how it starts. I don't know if maybe from, like, breastfeeding. And Is then, it a lack of boundaries, you think? Absolutely. Okay. Because I think parents sometimes don't think that they should have boundaries with their children. Cause they, Black parents. Because they don't feel like, I had you. Like, and it's like, mm, but like, at a certain age, I don't, my son needs to see me naked. Period. So I, I have a, first, my son would never see me naked. One. Yeah. And, and, and the only thing they're going to that they, and by the time, I'm going to stop breastfeeding them before their memory even start exactly. working. Exactly. So, um. So I have a question then. So get, get back to the societal piece because y'all know I'm an anthropologist, so this is all I know. Um, but how does society inform, how does society inform the way that people parent their children and how much of that is responsible for serial killers and violent criminals? Are, but are parents even parenting? Like, what does parenting even mean? But that's up to the answer. Do you have an answer to that? I don't know. Cause I don't. Do you think society? Do you think society is is society's informing people parenting, or you think people inform people parenting? A little bit of both, depending on the culture and like just the family. I think like I know with my family is more so what they mom did and it okay. worked for them. I think that's so more so more so my family, and I feel like even with me wanting to be a mom one day, I'm gonna take the good and the bad with what my mom did and her mom did, and like some things that you can read or be like, oh, I want to try that method, and you know certain things like that. But it's like you said, it's good and bad, and I feel like some people. It's a thin line between appropriate and not appropriate. But how, but how do you... Okay, so I guess this is my better question. How do you prevent fucking up your kid like that? I, just, I, th- I don't think a lot of parents are emotionally in tune or... I'm not going to say I don't think parents care about their kids. They, I don't, I don't, a lot of them don't, but you can be yeah, honest. I, I, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I think... Fuck it, we're gonna take it there. Yeah, we didn't already get it. And full disclaimer, these are two people who don't have kids. But we're both very observant and both have been here before and I'm pretty sure what I'm about to say is not a fact not a lie. So I think a lot of parents they're they think their love for their child is unconditional and I don't think it is. Most, yeah. So I think it's conditioned because that's your child. So when you see your child, for example, let's just use, okay, your, your son come home with a dead cat. Mm-hmm. Instead of you figuring out why he did that, you either going to whip him. Or act like it didn't happen. That part. And both of those are disengaging and uh, being dismissive towards the kid. Because mm-hmm. maybe the kid's doing that because it's endearing. Like, oh, mom, look what I did. And it's endearing to the kid, but like you taking it as, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think parents and kids have different love languages. And I think parents don't care to try to pay attention to their kids even even if your kids are talkative like even with like some um autistic kids who can't really speak i feel like and i don't want to blame parents but this is not me doing i just feel like as a parent you have a, a very big responsible responsibility especially when you have children who have like special needs and i Absolutely. feel like if if the first thing you do is take your kid to a specialist without trying to figure out 
or try to even try yourself, mm-hmm. you're, already, you're bringing in that social aspect in it. So they ain't going to tell you what to do. So how you know that's going to work for your kid? Just because it work for other kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, just, I think it's a lack of responsibility mm. on parents. I feel like parents, like when something, like their kid isn't perfect in their eyes. They done with them. It, it's off to the woods. Yes. Yes. You Well, let your, let your teachers deal with it or let your therapist Absolutely. deal with it. And it's like, because let, let's be honest. Most of us learned a lot from the teachers we were around because we were around teachers more than we were around our parents I didn't really learn I'm man let me not me either but I'm just saying yes. most <laughs> most people didn't really learn a lot from their parents like they learned um stuff by just watching or like stuff that their parents did that they right. didn't necessarily agree with that affects them now but I don't think I, don't, I just don't think parents care they don't because it's, it's, it's like oh well if my kid is seemingly okay and perfect like he's fine there's no digging deeper because yeah. I think, like you said, because they have conditional love, right? But they don't want to admit that they're scared. Condition. They're scared of what they're going to find if mm-hmm. they dig deeper. And then it's going then it's going to be a pity part for themselves. Like, what did I do as a parent to make my kids this way? Instead of just understanding human nature, and human nature is we're going to be born fucked up. Something's going to be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if something ain't wrong with you, something wrong with you for real. If you perfect, if you perfect, you looking funny in the light. But you, but it, it took me going through my own mental health issues to realize one how broken the mental health system is, um, and two to realize what exactly what you said that when someone shows imperfection and when a child turns, shows imperfection to their parents, a lot of times they are thrown away into the system. Yeah, because it's a mirror. It's a mirror to them. It's it's it's, it's a mirror to them, making them face something that they didn't deal with. Because I'm a firm believer, and a lot of stuff is genetic. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. is just comes from generations. It may mm-hmm. it may skip your mom, but it's going. All of this stuff. I'm pretty sure there's somebody in my past who I haven't met in my family who I had just alike, mm-hmm. and how my kids gonna be. So it's like, if you, I feel like if you do the work and you're like, and not, and this is again, this is the humanist in me. I don't think a lot of people are good people. They're not. And I think that's what breeds dysfunctional children. Cause it's it's easy to say, cause soon you know a little boy he don't pay attention in class or he hyper, he got ADHD. No, maybe he's not being engaged enough. At, cause he's not being engaged enough at home. Obviously, if he's coming to school acting up. Or you probably do a sit in front of TV all day, which a lot of parents do. TV raises a lot of these kids. TV raised me, for sure. So it's just like the social part, I don't think there's a way to combat that when you're a parent who's just disengaged with your kids. Okay, so let me ask another question. I am not a humanist. Um, I admire humanists. Um, it's not that many of us out there. It ain't. I don't have faith in humanity, and I'm perfectly okay with something coming to get all the dumb people and leaving me here, or take me and leave everybody else. Either way, yeah. I'm not. I'm not someone who. I'm not a rugged individual, but I find a lot of. I feel like a part of my spiritual journey is for me to be worried about me because when mm-hmm. I'm my best self, I'm able to affect people in a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to necessarily be interconnected with people because mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. Not. I neurologically and spiritually can't handle it as an empath. Um, and that's why this podcast is so great because we're opposite in that because I want to help everybody. I know I can't, but I would love to. I have no desire. <laughs> like, and, and but I think just piggybacking off of what you said about you don't you 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 think that most people are not good people. I, I, I agree. I think where the dysfunction comes from is people can't accept that people strive for something that is impossible. It is almost bro. There's too. First of all, you if you want to take on spiritual that spiritual to. It's too much karma for you to even be trying to act like you're going to be God or angelic. You can hang it up. You got a lot of shit in your life that you don't even have control over because you've accumulated it on the back end. That's just what I believe. Um, And I think once I stopped trying to be a good person, my life opened up. Because instead of me focusing on being a good person, I'm trying to focus on what's my purpose. Mm -hmm. You... 
I think that everybody in this world can raise a child without being the, without being a nice mom right. or a nice dad. Be yourself. It's all about being your... Regardless of bad or good karma. Because I'm very big. I believe in karma also. And I think we have that we have that similarity where we're very... The Hinduism and Taoism and Taoism, I relate a thousand percent. And if you if you just go by based off they violence and shit, they all they wanted something, obviously. They live longer. They do. They be at peace. Yep. They don't be having no violence unless it's really something that needs to happen. By then, the community is on your neck. Like, they're doing something right. They are. That's one. But I think when you're being yourself, when you're being true to yourself, bad stuff really don't happen to you. And if it is, like, and I mean in, like, a perspective manner. Some may be bad to that person, but to me it's like, oh, that ain't bad. Like, that's just what come whatever I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's right. not, because consequences and bad and good, like, that's all subjective. And, and it's, it's really just a mindset. Yeah, literally, which is conditioned in us by society. Because a criminal will go out, kill somebody, get in trouble, get out, and, or go to prison. He don't think that's a bad thing. He just say, oh, well, this is just a part of the job. Right. And I think human beings don't get that a lot of the stuff we go through is just a part of being a human. And there's nothing you can do to circumvent it. But people are afraid to be human. That's why people are scared to die. Well, I mean, get used to it. And and you would think, cause a, lot, a lot of us have seen a lot of death. Yeah, a lot of us aren't aren't... We, we we fear the day that it's going to happen to us. Like, it's going to happen to you. You're not going to know it's going to happen to you. That's one. If if, if you truly are living your, your purpose, you're not going to really die in no crazy way. And, and, and Right. And you, who's to say that you even, like you said, who's to say that you are even conscious in your body? Exactly. You, you might not even realize you're dead. You, exactly. You're going to wake up the next morning in another world. And that's how it's supposed to be. But those are for the people who are on the righteous. And they're not righteous in a religious way, but like on just like the spiritual and just doing the work path. Because a lot of folks was going to die very tragically. And I've read, and there's the Hinduism and all that, when you, like, how you die had, was based on your karma. Absolutely. In some life. It may not have been the life you know, but it's something. That's scary. Now, that's scary. The Tibetan Book of the Dead says that. So, and I believe that 100%. That's why I don't fear. I mean, I've seen a lot of death. And I, I, my, I think I fear me dying without living my purpose or without me helping people. But me just going, long as I'm, long as I'm old, bro, I don't. I'm gonna be ready to go when it's my time. I know that. I think too. I think when talking about purpose, because I've thought about this. I thought about this. I think last was the last podcast since last podcast. But I've been thinking about this for like a week or two. Basically, what I'm trying to say. But um, I was just thinking like, just getting to a point of. I'm trying to get to a point of non-judgment across the board mm-hmm. and have discernment because discernment mm-hmm. is different from judgment. Mm-hmm. Discernment mm-hmm. is me being able to make a decision, but without judging the situation, I could just be like, I'm, "This is not for me." You it's know a, what I'm it's saying? A journey. I don't think it's a hard journey. It's a journey, though. Yeah, but I think um, I, I don't think I've ever been a super judgmental person, but mm-hmm. I have judgment calls in my mind that I want to reverse. But I had to realize that, like talking about the spiritual journey and all that stuff, is I think. One thing that America doesn't maybe understand that other countries do when it comes to murder and death and criminals and all those things, mm-hmm. this is a part of their journey. They, right. They're meant to be here too. Right. We cannot eradicate the world of murderers. That's just not... I think that we can eradicate the world of how many murders there mm-hmm. are. But and how they're handled and how many, how many people they affect. Absolutely. At, at, but, but to think that... To be for America to be striving towards society where there's no crime, I think that's the reason why we have so much crime. Right. Because we're trying too hard. Because countries who are not focused on that, I'm gonna keep bringing up Sweden because that's where I want to live and I'm trying to manifest that. But countries like that where they are focused on society, they're focused on culture, they're focused on the people. Collectivism. They don't have a lot of violent. And if they do, it's like once every five, ten years. 
and they get them up out of there. And and they also too they their prison system is one of the most um, futuristic or most progressive prison systems. Because actually rehabilitation. And even when we talk about them angels of death, like I'm almost positive them women probably never kill nobody again because they got actually got really rehabilitated in Austria. Right. right. And that's why and that's why their government felt comfortable enough, even though I don't necessarily agree, they felt comfortable enough releasing them in ten years and giving them new identities because they they probably had enough. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? They probably had enough faith in the fact that these people have been properly rehabilitated. So that sparks the question. So we talked about Ken and Barbie. We talked about them and how there wasn't really much publicity around. Right. Do you think because America is just, we have to publicize every single fucking thing. And they don't want to talk about the right stuff. So I think because we do that when it comes to like deaths and all of this, do you think that could be why criminals continue to do it. Absolutely. Because this notoriety versus in other countries, most of those people, like you said, they don't kill again. They don't. So obviously, in a lot of of other countries, you can't really find a lot of public records about the stuff. Absolutely. So, America, listen, America We're doing everything wrong. I'm sorry. Literally, I feel like we're doing it on purpose. At this point, I feel like we're literally doing it on purpose. Because the thing is, in America's judicial and and psych system... They benefit from how many people are in, not how many people are out. As opposed to in other countries, you get more money for having less people. Because mm-hmm. that means mm-hmm. something's working. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because the reason why I think people benefit mm-hmm. from having beds in a psych ward and having beds in a psych jail and in the prison, they go, they're going to keep they're going to keep with the same little recipe that they've had. Mm-hmm. Because before 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 publicity was a thing, before sensationalism was a thing in the '60s, and th- th- there wasn't as many serial killers, if any. Right. Right. That's why that's why the Charles Manson thing was so big because it was like What the fuck? Right. And then right after him came everybody. Dahmer, right. uh Bundy, right. Kemper. So it was almost as if he was a catalyst to make people who already had them fantasies in their mind. But we already like know that he was brainwashed to do that, so maybe he was in maybe he was the agent of chaos to spark all of that. I think that's what that book is gonna tell us. But we we'll get into read. that later right. season two. But I just think and we talk about his mental health stuff because obviously this was a person who was sick. He was very sick, and, but it wasn't of his own doing. Right, and, and that's why I don't want to... And this is not to, oh, he was right in what he did. Absolutely not. But I do think there was some type of moral compass because he made sure before he was even asked, I've never had sex with a dead body. I only killed two people. Like He, <laughs> he made, wanted to make that clear. He made it, you know what I'm saying? And like, granted, he did dig up bodies and all that, but I think that comes from bad parenting and I, and I hate to because he was super old when all this happened so he did know what he was doing but absolutely when you've been conditioned and isolated your entire life what else since you, you were since you were in eighth grade what else are you supposed to do when you you didn't even get the experience of being a preteen in high school but, but you, his, his mom took all that from him so i want to i want to end on the conversation on a conversation about empathy and compassion please at what point in this judicial system and in this psych system, do we have empathy and compassion for people? Or do, or do we label them as freaks and have sympathy? Because sympathy it's, does not do anything for anyone. We only, we only see empathy for white women. <sighs> white men don't get it. No. No person of color gets it. Absolutely not. Because Aaron Hernandez, y'all tore him to pieces. And, and it's that, obvious that something was wrong with him. Bro, did you see that? Did you see that fucking um, brain scan? The, the holes the size of like... A, he had like five holes in his brain, bro. And, and parts that make a lot of sense was what's wrong with him. And I just don't... I, I wonder... Cause and we're still watching NFL games. But that's another... That's another... I, I, I'm just very curious 
to, as to why Americans are so good at sympathizing with someone, but not empathizing. But don't, are you good at sympathizing though? Sympathy is, oh, that's sad. Yeah. But do, but do people really feel like it's sad though? On the internet, and that's where everybody live at. I just think America, whoever came over here, the settlers really did a number on us, on y'all. They really did a number on y'all. But did they really? Is this how it is in the UK? But this is my thing. I don't think for them so. To, for, the, for, for our founding fathers to come from the UK, they didn't bring a lot of that, a lot of the stuff that's helpful over here. But a lot of those were like the degenerates, the ones that were trying to prove they so. They, they, bro, when America first opened up, they were sending the prisoners over here. Yeah, like they were just over here just to prove they stuff. Like, so it wasn't really the, the, the cream of the crop coming over and here. And isn't it ironic how Trump was saying he wanted to build a wall to keep rapists and stuff from coming from Mexico? This, our country was founded on rapists and murderers. So why, why shouldn't we be allowing them to come over and join the club? Because that's all we've been doing. Because they want to do it in the shadows. They don't want it to be brought to light. America's very big on... What we, do in the, what we do in the shadows needs to stay in the shadows. And black people have adopted that mentality. We need to let that go. Yeah, because you have to stop because then you have people like him. And not to say that, I do truly believe though, if he was raised by his dad. He wouldn't have been like this. Because his brother wasn't like that. So his I, brother didn't like his mom or his dad. So his brother knew something was up with his mom. And, and isn't it sad how he ended up being the one that died? That's really fucked up. It's always like that, though. The one who knows something, that's always, they always, that's always but like that, that. I think that's why people, but I think, but you, 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 you just hit a nail on the head. America, American culture is to persecute knowing. It's to persecute knowledge. And then I think that's why people are scared to know. Because if you think of all our great leaders who knew, they, they got did whack. And th- th- this has nothing to do with this episode, but I was watching this UFO new series oh, on, on Netflix, and <laughs> they alluded to the reason why JFK was assassinated. He was trying to, he was he was he wrote out a treaty of some sort with Russia to work with them technology wise to understand and try to make sense of UFOs and stuff because there was a lot of presidents who couldn't know what was going on with the UFOs in America. I think Reagan and Nixon were like only two who really could know. Are you serious? And I think, um, what's the one president still alive? I want to say Carter. He was like one of the best presidents in America. And he's still alive. He's such a, he was one, he was the only president who was on the right side of history. Yes. Who knew something, but he was told whatever he was told that made him just completely like not want to even, he was the first one to try to investigate UFOs. What did they? What do you think they told him? I don't know, but that it made me think like. So they said with JFK, he tried to reach out to um, Russia to use their technology because it was more advanced at the time mm-hmm. to try to understand UFOs and da da da. He sent it to Congress. I think this was like maybe a week or two later, he assassinated, and that treaty was never seen again. I think that is that is a universal karmic lesson that I haven't quite figured out because I've always been one of those people where I've, I've had I've had a fear of persecution because of knowing things absolutely and absolutely I think that's helped me back a lot in my life from doing absolutely. certain stuff I mean but that might be for a good reason though because I don't I'm gonna tell you now that's I, I'm you know if you know me personally you know when pigeons are around I don't talk around pigeons <laughs> dead ass though when I'm out in public I don't talk about certain things because I already know these that, phones is already enough and I already know they already know they listening to my calls and you're not about to Black Panther me. It's not happening. But but it's like, but do do you think that we break that human karmic cycle by just saying, fuck it? We're going to know and we're going to die and we're going to keep knowing and dying until they stop killing us? Or, or I mean, yeah, I think, you, that, I think when you do it, you just place it on like stuff like this, like, inform, inform, like informative stuff. I don't think you should necessarily always go for the biggest platform. Absolutely. No. Because that's when you're going to get whacked. 
let's just say, you know what I'm saying? But when you're doing it, when you're mixing it with creativity, so it's like kind of confluted a little bit, then it's like, oh, okay, you know. But like when you are like trying to be like on the the poster child for knowing, yeah, yeah they yeah, you're gonna you be the poster child, child, all right? You're gonna be the poster child for knowing. You're gonna be knowing that grave dirt, that part. So with this episode, what do you want to leave with the people? Your final words. This is a good episode, y'all. Don't have children. Like, I'm a strong proponent of not having kids. Like, I'm one of those people that tell people don't have kids. Like, when everybody, when you got your whole family, your whole, all your friends saying have kids, I'm going to be the one. Even if you're ready, I'm going to say don't do it. Um, not because I don't want people to have kids, but because there's, we have been, we have looked at childbirth and child rearing as something so light. Mm-hmm. And it has destroyed America because we do not take it seriously enough. We have too many in-house issues. So instead of saying don't have kids, I say do not have kids until you are spiritually, mentally, physically sound. And if that means until you're 35 or 40, adopt. There are plenty of little babies who need to be adopted. Mm-hmm. But do not let society rush you into having children because things like this happen. And that's a good point. And to piggyback off that... I'm, I watched Married at First Sight, and there was like this spiritual couple on there, and the guy was like, he thinks it's unethical to have children. And I agree. And at first, I was like, mm. but then when he explained it, he was like, it's, we don't have the resources to have more kids. Girl. That, and when he said that, I literally, I, I said, that, you don't got to say nothing else. Yeah. And it, I do think it's unethical to have kids until 2020. In 2020, I think it is, this is literally the time where it is the, you are very selfish to bring a child into this world right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Unless you have the money and infrastructure to be somewhere else, but there's a lot of people who are expatriating and raising their kids overseas. They're right. world, they're world raising their kids. I think mm-hmm. it's world schooling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I wouldn't advise any young, especially young African American, to have kids in America. That's what I'm gonna leave you with. Yeah, and I'll say one more thing, and to leave off of Ed, his mother Augusta did a number on him, but I will say this: I'm thankful for Ed Gein because he gave us. A lot of good movies. Yeah. <laughs> Science of the Lambs literally is one of my favorite movies, literally, for many, many reasons. Um, Buffalo Bill is an iconic figure in television. Leatherface is iconic. Oh, Norman Bates is iconic. So, thank you, but, you know, it sucks that your mom did what she did. Um, but, yeah, just be better parents, you guys. And if you see something, say something. And, again, with that, see you guys next week. Bye.